Details, details, details. Do they really matter? After all, it's just food. Cooking isn't really that hard. Let's answer that question and more today on 10-Minute Food Truck Training. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, and welcome to 10-Minute Food Truck Training. My name is Bill Moore, founder of foodtrucktraining.group. All this week, we're talking about menu. Today, we get into all the details of cooking and prepping a product. We know how much it costs. We did all that earlier this week. We know how to figure our pricing so that we can get profitability. We know how to include value into our products. But now, let's talk about the nuts and bolts, how to cook it and how to prep it. So if you recall, we've been talking about a basic hamburger. All the ingredients are ready to go on a burger. So in our basic burger, we were buying a bun. We were buying hamburger meat that was already processed. We had mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard. That's obviously already processed. We have to decide what we're going to do with the produce now. The produce being the lettuce, tomatoes, and onion. So let's talk about the lettuce and tomatoes. They have to be sliced. So obviously we need some type of slicer. When you do a tomato slicer, you can get various uh, dimensions on the blades. For our purposes, we're using a five by six tomato, which means it's stacked in a box that has um, six across the bottom. And it's five deep. So they're kind of big tomatoes and you'll get about six usable slices out of that. You can cost that. You can know exactly how much a slice of tomato costs. Onions for the recipe are part of an ounce and we said they were going to be whole rings. So when we slice our onions, we should get whole rings. The little inner pieces and the broken pieces we would then dice up for some other product. If we're making chili, for instance, if we're serving hot dogs, dicing the onions. If we do tacos, we could uh, sprinkle the diced onions on the tacos. And remember, just because we buy one pound of onions or one pound of tomatoes doesn't mean we get one pound of usable product back out of it. Each of these processes take time, just like we talked about going through a case of lettuce. It takes time. You should have a time goal established. I know that on a given day, I'm going to sell 200 hamburgers, so I need 200 slices of tomato plus a little bit extra. And then you need that determines how many tomatoes you got to slice. And then you know how long it should take you to slice a tomato. So for tomatoes, for instance, you would take the case, you're going to put it into a sink of water, get them all good and rinsed off, allow them to dry. You're going to core the tomato, and then you're going to go through the slicing process. Probably the top and the bottom pieces you will not use for a sandwich. And you got to think about how can I use these in some other way, shape, or form. You can dice those up, add them to chili. You can dice them up, add them to a taco. But you get the idea. Have some type of outlet for whatever food product waste that you create that's actually edible, but not necessarily the quality that you want to go on that sandwich. Do the same thing with onions. You're going to have to rinse them off. You're going to have to core them. Or not core them, but you're going to have to remove the um, the, the outer skin, the tough skin. You're going to have to remove the, uh, the root. You're going to have to remove the top shoulder and then start slicing it through the little slicer. So we have two different slicing machines. And that's just on the lettuce and the tomatoes and the 
onions. So let's talk about cooking now. So we've got everything prepped. We've got all the, the wet condiments. We've got all of the vegetables done. The pickles obviously are already sliced and ready to go. So what we need now is to figure out how to cook the patty and then how we're going to hold them. And if we're going to cook into order or do we cook ahead and hold? Where are we going to put each of the different condiments I just mentioned? What size pan should they go in? So each product will create a limitation on your ability to serve a certain number of guests. So let's take our hamburger, for instance. If we decide we're going to do cook to order, that means the kitchen is now slowed down to the size of the griddle because we can't get ahead when we're cooking to order. Staying organized while cooking is a real talent and it does take practice. It is quite annoying to go in to help someone in their kitchen and the first thing you notice is that they have hamburgers just placed willy-nilly all across the grill. You can't tell what's cooked, what's not cooked, what needs to be turned. You're having to look at a whole bunch of different areas to figure out what needs to be done next. Set up a procedure so that somebody has to come and take over for the grill person. They can look at the grill and go, okay, I know exactly where I am in this process. So you've got to stay organized while you're cooking. So our key point here is to maximize the cooking capacity of the grill. Because remember, it will only hold so many patties. That's your cooking capacity. Fryers are the same way. They can only cook so much product per hour. Doesn't matter how long your line gets. If it takes three minutes to cook fries, it takes three minutes to cook fries. You cannot hustle that process up. And likewise, that means if it does take three minutes to cook a batch of fries, you can only cook 20 batches of fries an hour. And that's if you're able to immediately replace them as soon as you pull one up. So you have limitations on your equipment. So let's talk about cooking a meat patty. Let's say it takes five minutes. Let's say we have a four foot grill, a 48 inch grill. When it's fully loaded, it'll hold 32 patties. That means the absolute maximum that grill can produce is 384 patties an hour. And realistically, it's going to be more like about 320 since that grill will need to recover temperature and it's going to take us time to replace the cooked patty with a raw patty. So we're looking at 320 is the absolute max. So if the line gets to be 400 people deep, we know it's going to take us longer than an hour to serve them because of our cooking capacity. So what you want to teach yourself and teach your people is no matter how long the line gets, once you've established a procedure and a cooking time, you don't rush it. Because when you start to adjust temperatures and take shortcuts, you diminish the quality of your food and it's no longer the food that you spent the time to test. Now it's going to be seared more hard, it's going to be less done in the middle, it's going to be crispier on the outside, it's going to be more raw in the middle. Don't shortcut your procedures just because your line's long. Do things the way you tested them. You want to continue this thought process with your condiments. Think about how many of them have to be held hot, like chili or cheese, liquid cheese, sauerkraut, grilled onions, peppers and onions, bacon. You get the idea. Each one of those dictates your hot holding specs and pan sizes. How many condiments or menu items are going to be held cold? Same deal. As you develop your procedures, you're also developing your equipment list. And I'm going to stress anything that has a portion, you want some type of portion control. Something you can visually teach, something you can write down, and then something that can be measured. When I worked at Wendy's in the early 90s, we used measuring cups for everything. So when we were assembling our salads, and we used to make the side salad, and we used to make the Caesar salad, 
and we would sell about a hundred or so each lunch period. So we would have row after row after row of lettuce set up and then we'd go back through and assembly line, put all the cheese and bacon and so forth on it. We used a metal measuring cup. I believe it was a one quarter of a cup measuring cup. And we'd take that and scoop out the appropriate product and sprinkle it on, scoop out, sprinkle it on, scoop out, sprinkle it on to each individual salad all the way down the row. And we did that day after day after day. Now, if you do those long enough, you eventually know about how big of a portion size-wise the cheese or the bacon bits would look on a salad. The tendency for new employees would be to bypass that scoop and just do it by hand. The problem with that is you get an inconsistent portion. Because for me, I might be able to weigh it out perfectly 20 times in a row by doing it by hand. But eventually, my mind has lost the actual weight because I'm no longer double-checking myself with an official measurement. I'm just doing it by hand. So eventually, my quarter of a cup becomes more than a quarter of a cup. So don't ever think you can visually do it and be consistent because I can tell you, you cannot. And don't take that as a challenge. You're playing with your own profitability and you're playing with your guest perception or your quality of your food if you screw around with it. Set a recipe. Do it right every single time. Now, remember all the testing we did. We know the exact amount for each condiment. We got the feedback that says, yes, we love the mix of mayonnaise and ketchup and pickles and onions and all that. We like how this tastes. So we're going to lay out how those products should be, how those products should be on your prep station. For cold condiments like the mayonnaise, ketchup, mustard, you can use refillable bottles. For cold liquid condiments like mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard, I use refillable bottles. I use the ones that have the little cone dispenser end. I snip off the end so that it gives me a certain bead size for the different condiments I'm going to be applying. I want a little bit more ketchup so it's a wider bead than I want mustard. So mustard is a more narrow bead. I put them on in rings in a circular pattern so I can count and then teach somebody I want my ketchup to go in three rings. So I have a little bit of ketchup in each bite, but also you can count the three individual circular motions that I put on it. The same with the mustard. I only do two rings of that so I can show somebody this is what it should look like. I want every sandwich you make to look just like this one. For mayonnaise, I use a very slender spatula and I can show somebody how far up the handle of the spatula you should go with the mayonnaise to give you the right portion because the width of the spatula determines how much mayonnaise is on it. And when you put the width with the, the size up the spatula that you go, you have about the similar size of mayonnaise each and every time. And then I can show somebody how to make the application of the mayonnaise in one swipe onto the top of that bun. It's not very difficult, but it does take a bit of practice. Develop your procedures and stick to them. No matter how busy you are, no matter how long the line is, you do it the exact same way each and every time. You make yourself go faster, you make yourself practice, and you do it every time. The more you do it, the less mistakes you'll make, and the better your product will look in the long term. So let's review all the equipment, all these little tips I just threw out for that recipe for our hamburger. So our bun, got to figure out where we're going to hold it. A lot of people will have buns, but they have nowhere to hold the buns. So you're going to need a shelf, somewhere that's accessible to wherever you're going to be applying all the other products to that bun. And if it's going to be toasted, obviously it needs to be near wherever your toasting mechanism is. So for us, we have the bread being held in a in the plastic bag that came in on a shelf. For the hamburger, we said we're getting frozen hamburger patties, so that means we got to have a freezer nearby. And then we're cooking to order on a flat top grill. And we're seasoning all that meat from a shaker. And we're saying two shakes of whatever the seasoning is that we're putting inside that shaker. And then we're using a spatula 
to flip the burger patty at the appropriate time. So now we've got all different kinds of bits of equipment just for that hamburger patty. Mayonnaise is going to be held on a prep station. So it's a refrigerator prep station. It's going to be held in a one six size pan, four inches deep. Those pans come in different depths. You can get two and a half inch, four inch, six inch, and there are eight inch pans out there too. You want to use something like mayonnaise in a four inch deep pan so you can turn that mayonnaise over and not have a big glob of mayonnaise sitting there for two or three days. It's much better for the quality of your food to turn over the pans quicker. So that's why I don't use real deep pans in some circumstances. Ketchup's going to be in a squeeze bottle. We're holding that squeeze bottle on the prep station. It's going to be in a one-third size pan, six inches deep. So I can put those different ketchup and mustard bottles in that same size pan. Pickles we're going to hold in a one-six size pan, six inches deep. At the bottom of that six-inch deep pan, we're going to put a slotted tray. That slotted tray will help to drain off the extra vinegar on the pickles. We will not put the pickles into that pan setting in the uh, vinegar. You want the pickles to be draining. That's why you're putting them on that slotted grate. Onions, we already talked about them being onion rings. We're going to put them in a one six size pan, six inch deep, because the onion rings have lots of air space in them. So even though it's a six inch deep pan, there's not a lot of onions in that pan. Tomatoes, we're going to put those in a six size pan, four inches deep, because deeper pans, you will crush the tomatoes that are on the bottom. So you want a shallower pan for the same reason as the mayonnaise, so you're turning those pans over quicker. So yes, you will have to buy extra pans. Don't cheap out on your pans. For our lettuce, we're going to put it in a third size six inch deep pan because we're using shredded lettuce and you go through shredded lettuce fairly quickly. Cheese is going to be in a one six size pan six inches deep. That's more to help it get deeper into the prep station so it'll stay colder than it is worrying about turning it over because you want the cheese to stay nice and cold. And then our seasoning, of course, is going to be in a shaker. You want to think about the number of holes in the shaker. Think about your shaker and the, the number of holes in the shaker and what's going to be in it, what your seasoning is, whether it's salt and pepper, salt, pepper, and garlic, just salt and garlic, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But you want to know that it's going to shake out of that shaker appropriately. So you want to make sure it's got the right number of holes and also the right diameter of holes to let your spices come out the way you envision them. Okay, so here is... Just our equipment list. We've been talking about this now for several days. We have a flat top grill. We have a freezer. We have a spatula to turn the hamburgers with. We have six size pans, four inch deep. We have rubber scrapers to apply mayonnaise. We have refrigerated prep station. We have squeeze bottles for the ketchup and mustard. We have six inch deep, one six size pans for some condiments. We need an onion slicer. We need a tomato slicer. We need one third size pans that are six inch deep. And we need a shaker. And if you've been paying attention, we need some way to slice the uh, lettuce. We talked about it being a one eighth inch slice. So we're either going to need a slicer or a set of nice kitchen knives, steady hands and cutting boards. So that's all for a burger. All that list just goes for our burger. So tomorrow we're going to talk about manipulating your menu and how to use it to help lower your overall food cost. If you guys are enjoying our conversations, please consider supporting the podcast by hitting that support button. Every little bit does help us. If you like the camaraderie of positive, like-minded people, please consider joining our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. And I will see you guys tomorrow and stay profitable, my friends.